What is up guys and welcome to the Meeple Minded Podcast, a podcast where we talk all things tabletop gaming. My name is Jason and joining me again this week, mainly because I haven't let him go home, is James. How are you doing, James? Oh, not too bad, mate. Good to be back. Good to be back. Good, good. We've got rid of Paul for this week. Um, from what I understand, uh, Brian's got him tied up in the shed somewhere, so uh, managed to get rid of him this week. Heaven. <laughs> it's nice and quiet here. So yeah, what have you been up to this past week? You've been... Uh, Having fun at work. Oh, yeah. Just work, work, and more work. Yeah, great fun. No time for gaming? Yeah, little bits here and there. Yeah, a bit of PC gaming, maybe. Mm. What's your favourite PC game off the top of your head right now? Probably a bit of City Skylines at the moment, if nice, I'm honest. Nice. Same as me. Mm. Oh, you're sucking up to me now, mate. <laughs> you, knew, you knew I'm playing that a lot, but you know, I'll accept it because it is a fantastic game. But yeah, so we've got you back. Why have we got you back? Well, it's because I think people need to know a little bit more about you. We had you on last week talking about uh, legendary Mar- Marvel legendary villains, and you gave the game a 9 out of 10. Now, I think people need to know why you gave it a 9 out of 10, and that's because you're not actually all that new. You're actually quite new. To modern board gaming, aren't you? Indeed, yes. Uh, most of the modern board games I've played have been through you and your library. Very, very true. And I pain myself uh, because I just haven't got you to play enough of them. Um, yeah, I, I feel, give me time. Yeah, there's time. There's time. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at it behind you right now, and uh, there's a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. And as we can see by the side of us, yes, there, there, is, there are more to be added. I just need to find the space. Yep. So, yes, lots to come, lots to come. But anyway, we're going to go, we're going to rewind the tape right back to before you met me, you know, back to the good days (laughs) and talk about what actually got you into this hobby. So do you remember the first time that you sort of stepped onto the, you know, the thin ice that is tabletop gaming? Uh, Yeah, I was about 12, uh, walking past the games workshop and uh, true to their marketing strategy was uh suckered in by the eye candy in the window um <laughs> i was always a sort of a, a modeler before you know airfix revel kits you know i liked building models oh, back when the days when we had model zone yep <laughs> oh, i could spend hours in that shop oh well, couldn't we all couldn't we all um but yeah sort of so being drawn in by the shiny in the window mm-hmm. and then discovering that this set of models actually had a I want to say a purpose, a game behind yeah, it as well. Yeah. It wasn't just something to sit on your shelf. It was just like, oh, brilliant. 12, you know, 12 year old me loved it. And that, that was the slippery. That was the slippery slope. Yes. Yeah. I got corded by the blast, by the plastic crack. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. As we all did. And games workshop tends to be one of the, the, the entry points for a oh, lot of yeah. gamers. I think nowadays, I think it's probably, it's gotta be one of the most well-known companies out there for that. And yeah. it's because they have their high street stores. It's, yeah, a lot of people's yeah. entry into the. And this I, world. I think it's. I think it is safe to say that setting aside distributors like Asmodee, I think it's probably the biggest company when it comes to tabletop gaming as a whole. You know, be it board games, card games. You know, maybe Dungeons and Dragons, considering we know that there is a history between the two of those companies. Yeah, um, um, but it's amazing to have seen how they've sort of because like they weren't really into the whole board games. Mm. You know, they had a few. Sp- uh, of the what they now call the specialist games ranges yeah, yeah. there but the, to see 
how they've expanded and they've just they're very good at doing that it's like oh opening yeah exactly <laughs> and, and you know back then when they did their specialist games it was you know it was once in a blue moon you know mm. whereas now it's 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 a rare, regular allotted calendar event you know two or three a year one every quarter maybe and yeah they're they're really knocking it out of the ballpark at the moment and you know, I'm not afraid to admit they suckered me back in. I'm back in at Age of Sigmar yep. now, as as I, you I, well I, know. I've seen your shiny Dominion box in oh, the corner. Yes, yes. it's it's <laughs> all uh, it's all painted. Well, I say painted. It's all built and it's all undercoated. It's ready to be painted. Um, but I've been stupidly busy with work. You know, my what my work covers the Wimbledon tennis. So yeah, I'm rather busy at the time of recording. Obviously, by the time they you guys out there hear this, Wimbledon's finished. I'm happy and i'm back to normal so yeah awesome but yeah so there you go you you got in through games workshop did you were you uh were you a fantasy gamer or were you uh, a sci-fi oh, yeah i've always been sci-fi mm. so um back then it was 40k all the way mm. um went along with that for you and sort of probably left the hobby around 2004 2005 yeah um so uh, yeah it would have been just before i met you mm-hmm. um and then obviously got back into it at the same time you did that's when yep. i really discovered the fantasy side of things yes. because that's obviously what you went back in i went yeah. back in on the 40k but it was nice to play those original games mm-hmm. of warhammer fantasy yeah and just experience that side of uh the hobby can you remember the edition you came in on and and then the second time that you come in what the edition uh, was because there I- would have been quite a big yeah, there would have been a big gap. It was third edition, so I think it was the tail end of third edition is when I came in. Mm. I think it was the sixth, seventh transition when we came mm. back in for forty k. Yeah, so I, I when I came back in, I never went back in at forty k. I went straight back to the fancy. Yeah, as you said I'm pretty sure it was just before sixth went into seventh mm. that we came back in. You can you came back in quite heavy though, from what I remember. Uh, yeah, but we all know why. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, so, so there was a lot of money spent uh, by your good self and me. Yep. Yeah. What? What? Because you don't, you don't currently play it, do you? Or, or you're looking at getting back. I'm into looking it. at getting back into it again. Like a lot of people, I think I was a bit turned off by eighth edition 40k. Mm. It's come on a little bit now. I mm. think we're going into ninth now. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, looking interesting again. Yeah. yeah. Are you, uh, are you thinking you're going to go back in the money pit? No, because I don't have. Um, a store manager rubbing sprue in my face, you know, going, <laughs> buy it. Yes, this is true. This is true. I'll have to have a word with uh, Aaron at the uh, friendly local gaming store, see if we can teach him some tricks of the trade so that we can uh, make him some money. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so you're looking at getting back into back into 40k as a potential. Um, I myself back into Age of Sigmar. God, yep. help it, me. It, it's the vicious circle. Once you've started the plastic crack, you never get off it. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> Is it just just uh, wargaming that you're interested in, or is there any other types of wargame that you like playing? Um, so, yeah, I also do X-Wing and Armada, which mm-hmm. I've learned since we started doing the uh, gaming club. Mm-hmm. That that was big things for me, because I've always been a Star Wars fan. Yeah. Uh, and to find out that they had tabletop games, Legion as well, not forgetting Legion. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the board games that you've introduced me to are just you know that there's another pit to fall down <laughs> you're, you're quite lucky when it comes to the board games though aren't you because it's not something you have to buy because you kind of 
I, I, I get that affected. You just have to wave it in my face and my wallet is jumping out of my pocket. So. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, like, uh, without even trying. Well, Jason, I'd really like to try and play Scythe. Ching. Yeah, oh, oh, <laughs> oh, look at that. There's a Scythe box materialized next to me. Oh, and Root. And oh, yep. look at all these games that I wouldn't usually buy because, you know, I prefer to play them with others, but <laughs> now I own them. Uh, <laughs> blame James. It's all James's fault. Oh, yeah, it's all my fault. Yeah, definitely. So you got into uh, X Wing when we when we first opened the club. That was obviously oh god, that was four years ago now. Oh, no, it's, where's the time gone? Oh, I mean, granted, we lost a whole year because of you know things. Yes, but um, yeah, we got the news actually today that we will be reopening the club in two weeks. Are you looking forward to doing that again? Yep, I can't wait to get back. Need to get a, get those regular games in. Yeah, you know, I know me and you before all of this, we we suffered a bit of hobby burnout. And to be honest, the the whole lockdown thing has been a, a blessing in disguise or a silver lining, if you like, for me. Yeah. Because it has reinvigorated my passion for wanting to game all the time. Yeah. I think it's one of the main reasons why I've... Because, you know, before I bought that new codex and started buying models again, it was, the, it was getting back to the gaming club because mm. we've been able to do the old board game night and they don't take up much room but to pro- full-on tabletop gaming it's like the club can reopen yeah like you said we had that hobby burnout stage and now i'm actually looking forward to getting yeah. back and actually being able to plonk my army down on the table roll some dice probably get me butt kicked but yeah i might have to tie you down to the to the signing table though for the first few weeks so that i get to get in a bit <laughs> you know i'm more important after yeah all. we'll have to take it in turns though, <laughs> <probably>. <laughs> indeed indeed we will so Another game I introduced you to as well, um, Marvel Crisis Protocol. Yep. How did you feel about that? That was a very interesting game. I can't. It's been that long since we played it that I remember I liked it. Mm. It was very different um, from more of a skirmish game, um, but very enjoyable. I remember mm. that. Don't quiz me on the mechanics because I can't remember how it works. So what we're going to do now <laughs> is we're going to transfer to James. He's going to tell you all about how to play Marvel. <laughs> no, I'm not that cruel. I mean, maybe, but. Today I'm feeling generous. I'm not going to make you do that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that's a game that I'm really looking forward to getting back to the table, as well as the new Legion stuff as well. They announced um, Yoda yep. is now coming to Legion, and you know, it would be rude not to. I don't even own a Rebels army, but you know, Yoda. See, I, I have a clone army, so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, granted, as soon as I get that Yoda one, it's going to be a conversion to Darth Yoda. But still, yep. I've got Darth Jar Jar. I now need Darth Yoda. <laughs> yep. You started in wargaming. You're going in and out of wargaming. I think we all do that. So I wouldn't say that's something that anyone should ever be ashamed about. Like we really do go in and out of it. Yeah, I mean, if you were like, I, I'm a bit of a perfectionist. It's like I want the paint, the fully painted army. It's it's great if you're not if you just casual gaming and you don't mind just slapping the models together and having a bunch of gray models on the table mm. there are people out there like that there's nothing wrong with it yeah but i i am a perfectionist and sometimes my want or need gets ahead of my painting speed yes. and suddenly you end up with a mountain of models and you get a bit disheartened i think that's that's the circle you get a bit it's, disheartened yeah you step away then the itch comes back and then you just throw yourself back into it sort yeah. of thing and nothing that's, changes. Yeah, that's one of the things that drew me actually to the X-wing Armada style thing. Because while it's a little bit more expensive, I would say mm. 
the, the pre-painted models, it is just slap it on the table and play a game, yeah. which yeah. is quite nice. And it's nice to fluctuate between that and the more GW Legion style things, mm. where, which takes a bit of time and effort to get it to my standard yeah. table yeah. ready. Yeah. And I mean, you, you sort of mentioned how it, the pre-painted side of it is a good thing. I mean, another thing I quite like about the whole Fantasy Flight Games way of doing things is, you know, when you buy the miniature, it comes with its own rules. You know, it's not a case of, okay, buy the models, build and paint the models. Then I've got to buy this rule book. Then I've got to buy the core rule book. Then I've got to buy, you know, I'm going an Age of Sigma now. Now I've got to buy the pitched, um, yeah. the pitched games thing for the points. And, and, you know, hang on a minute. I've got all this stuff. Whereas, you know, with um, any of the Asmodee derivatives, you know, Fantasy Flight Games, I buy the box with the model. I then have the rules and I can go and play. Yep. I mean, there's pros and cons to both systems, I suppose, because it's like the X-Wing Armada style thing. It's like, yes, all the rules are self-contained inside the individual units, but then the tokens and all that kind of stuff as well. Mm -hmm. It's like, there's quite a lot going on to it, whereas supporters of the GW style way of doing things will go, well, it's a book. Everything yeah. is in the book when I need the rules rather than have, oh, like, oh my God, what does this counter do? What's this? What's this? This card, all these upgrade cards. Oh, yeah. I, you know, suddenly my table is filled with cards and I'm looking <laughs> for it. Whereas the codex is, it's just, oh yeah, page 34. Bang. Yeah. So I have choice. If you, if you could only play one style of game system for the rest of your life, which one would it be? At the moment, I think the Games Workshop method has it because with the data cards and all of that, you get the best of both worlds. Yeah. You've got your quick reference stuff in the cards, but then the detailed stuff that you can open the book. Yeah. yeah. And unless you're going with some of the more crazier like armies, it's usually one book mm -hmm. plus the digital side of things. If you're into that, you, they, uh, every time you buy a codex, you get a code in the back and you can download the digital one if you've yeah. got an, a pad or a phone or something. Yeah. So you haven't even got to carry the massive book around with you now. It's mm. Yeah, and, and with Age of Sigma, there is actually the app which has all, all of the War Scrolls. In. So Games Workshop have come on leaps and bounds even yeah. since I left when uh, Age of Sigma first became a thing and they destroyed the best game they ever had. <laughs> but, you know, that's a discussion for another time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we all miss fantasy. <laughs> I think we do. Rank and file. Rank and file. Yeah. Damn it. Okay, so I, I've got you into board gaming as well. Well, yeah, because you couldn't have your wallet bashed without dragging me along. This is very, very true. It has to be done. Yep. You know, if I'm going to suffer, you have to suffer too. Yeah, but this is the way, you know, the flip side of that is every time you look at me and expecting me to talk you out of it, and I'm like, mm -hmm. well, yeah, this <laughs> is very true. <laughs> I what? really shouldn't buy this board game. Why are you telling me? Mm, yeah, you're not very good uh, <laughs> at talking me out of it. That's because uh, you said five minutes after I met you, don't try and talk me out of anything. I oh, went, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, I'm the one rubbing sprue, and you can buy it. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't take much uh, to to coerce me into buying something that I actually like. So. Um, so yeah, you, you, you've you've taken quite well actually to modern board gaming. But what sort of game have you enjoyed the most? Because obviously we, I've introduced you to deck building. Yep. We've tried. You know, I know you're interested in trying the war gaming aspect side of it with the likes of Root, Scythe, yep, uh, etc. Which I am going to get you to play very very soon. I've got you into some of the co-op games. Yep. You know, and and various other different types. But I mean, what what's your favourite type? So I far? mean. I don't mind um, either co-op or 
sort of a versus yeah, type games. Player, yeah. The strategy type games, so Dynagenics, Dinosaur Island, uh, those kind of games, mm-hmm. because I've, I've always liked strategy. It doesn't have to be straight up war simulation, mm-hmm. yeah. but, you know, um, uh, resource management games, those kind of things, because uh, that's like, even before board gaming, like you've mentioned before, computer, computer gaming, gaming yeah. strategy is my favorite type of game. Mm. Yeah, because I know uh, when we were at college, we used to like playing things like um, Command and Conquer. Yeah. Uh, the classic that was Generals when that was out. Yep, definitely. On, uh, on the old school lands. Do you yep. remember when you had to play on a LAN? Yep. To be able to play that kind of game properly. Is there any other sort of games that you're, you're really interested in trying? I mean, I, I, I sit you where you are because you get to have the marvelous look of my game sat behind me Indeed. well you've mentioned two of them already uh scythe and root are two yep. that i really want to um want to play i wouldn't mind giving pandemic a go at some point mm-hmm. i've never played that yeah modern modern classic that one yep i know there's there's one on my shelf which we've talked about many many times and i'd like to get your take on it because you've already mentioned the game itself today which is city skylines now yep. i've obviously got a board game version of that i haven't played it yet and I'm not sure I'm really ready to. I've just, I always get a bit uneasy when they transition a PC game or a computer game mm-hmm. into board game as to how it's going to work. Yeah. It's like, it's, I've always seen it up there and it's intrigued me. But after playing the game on the computer, Prison Architect is another one that's mm-hmm. coming. And that's also another game that I really like on PC that I know is coming to board game that I'm very interested to see how it's actually going to work. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, these things, like you said, they don't always transition well. Some do, but quite a lot don't. So yeah, City Skylands, it's one of those I'm just not sure how the mechanics are going to work. Because it kind of looks similar to Meeple Land in the sense of you're placing, you know, uh, paths that have to connect, the roads have to connect, buildings have to go in a certain way and stuff, and you can expand it. So there are similarities to it. But I'm just not sure that that whole sort of freeform building that you get from the PC PC game is going to transition. Well, that that was my biggest worry. It's like the whole draw of the PC game is that unlike its main rival SimCity, it's very do whatever the hell you want. Yeah, it's got the active mod support for all the stuff that even that the community has put into it that the develop, original developers didn't envision. How is all that going to transition to mm. what looks like a very regimented structured board game yes it's that's where i think you're going to have a translation error yeah effectively yeah i think that's definitely going to be one we'll have to get to the table soon and just bite the bullet uh much like we did with uh marvel legendary villains i just need to bite the bullet take it off the top of the pile of shame and just get it to the table and just dive in i think yeah so maybe in the next couple of weeks we'll we'll have a go at that and uh, report back. Indeed, it means I'll have to drag you back again, James. Oh, what a shame! <laughs> People are going to get used to hearing your voice. It's not good. It's not good. Can't have you taken over. <laughs> Poor them. <laughs> so one other thing that um, we haven't mentioned yet is the fact that you are someone who assists me in organising my Monday night gaming club, which is the original uh, game club that I was involved in uh, before going on to start many, many others and giving myself way too much stuff to do. But uh, you were clever and decided to dedicate your time to one game club. How have you found actually running a game club and, and creating a community about it and you know meeting all these new people that essentially you might ne- never have met in your entire life? 
oh it's been an amazing experience it's um like like you said it's like obviously you and craig obviously started the mm-hmm. gaming club and i started off as just a a, a mate of yours who mm-hmm. you dragged down and it was great to play games and then when craig stepped back and i stepped in helping to create or further that community has been really amazing mm. uh meeting all those new people yeah it's been fantastic yeah, that's good and it's nice to see obviously the the wide variety of games that that we get playing what would you say is your your personal highlight of being involved in in something like a running a game club uh like you said seeing all the different varieties of games i mean we've got to give scott a shout out here yeah. it's like for his uh role play campaigns both um within the star wars role play and the dungeons and dragons because he just goes all out mm-hmm. yeah. uh, some of those set pieces that he's built for his campaigns are just mind-blowing yeah they, they really are fantastic and scott is a fantastic dm yeah and this is coming from someone who was never interested in role play was it was it something that ever oh, appealed to you no, uh, that star wars campaign that we both did that was my first toe dip into role play mm-hmm. Again, the Dungeons and Dragons has never really appealed to me because I'm not much of a fantasy guy. Mm, yeah, but this, I was intrigued by the Star Star Wars one, and I had such a blast doing mm-hmm. that. But what I mean by set pieces is like the one that springs to mind was from I think it was the last D and D campaign, bringing in a flat screen TV because it's pirate themed mm-hmm. for the water, and then building a just a, what, yeah, a, a massive four ship. foot pirate ship yeah. or whatever to sit on it. Just for the miniatures to sit on, <laughs> just to add that real sort of, yeah, to suck you into the universe. It was great. It's just, it just goes above and beyond. Yeah. Yeah. And, and with the Star Wars one creating, you know, um, I suppose scale models yeah. that don't exist, you know, it's like, yeah, all right, you can use Legion miniatures for your clone troopers running around or whatever it be. But a lot of the big mechs, they don't exist yep. in model form. Or if they do, they're like ancient models that are, you know, thousands of pounds to purchase them. Yep. Because oh, they're yeah. collector's items now. So I, yeah, I, to I, go I, out and build them from scratch out of, well, everything, you know, everything under the sun. He yeah. just does a fantastic job. That, that man has shares in Farmcore. Oh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Phone core. Oh, the things he can do with a with a sheet of phone core are comparable to none. Yep. Like, absolutely fantastic. Can't wait to actually get back to the club and see what Scott does next, because yep. I know we've got more of that pirate D&D to come. So, yep. yeah, really looking forward to that. So, yeah, Scott, we're setting our expectations high. Oh, you've had your shout out now, so everyone's expectations <laughs> are high. Anything else you're looking forward to in, in the coming months years like any particular pc games that have caught your eye or uh, none that i can think of right now but sort of like the wallet's taking a bashing so i'm trying not to look at the steam store <laughs> yes well this is what happens when you get back into a games workshop product james yes it eats your money <laughs> well we're going to be playing some games of age of sigma because you know i want to play some games of age of sigma therefore you must play games of age of sigma yes isn't it handy that they give you two armies in the box it's almost like that's what they intended there is but unfortunately <laughs> my my sigmarines have already uh found themselves a new home um and i've now got double the amount of orcs don't know how that happened could have happened by trade but who knows we've got some scenery building to do as well yes yes two weeks till the club reopens oh, 3d printer's going to be on overtime the 3d <laughs> printer will be on overtime we've also got a load of new stuff that needs building so uh, yeah hobby night's coming up james yay 
You love it. I do. What's the next board game we're going to play? <clears throat> so one thought, one final thing I'd like to talk about with you, James, is in my quest to get you to basically be involved in every type of game that I play, I've noticed that you have started to drag some of your other friends uh, along the ride with you. Do you care to elaborate on, well, one, why you've done that, and uh, two, who those people might be? If you want to name drop them, you are more than welcome. If, if you don't or you think they're going to be too embarrassed, then please don't. <laughs> Or please do. I don't mind. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure Tina and Haley won't mind me name dropping them. <laughs> but um, you know, when my like we said earlier, when my wallet's hurting, why not inflict that pain on others? Um, no, I mean, obviously, we started with them with the more IP-based games because uh, they're both huge Marvel fans. So Thanos Rising was the obvious one to get them to get them in. Have we? Uh, have, have we? tortured them with legendary yet i can't remember i believe they've played legendary once um it possibly the mo- at the, the club. Movie it was the movie version i believe um it was a fair while ago though it must have been uh but yeah so we, we've drawn them with that and i think they're they're happy to stick with the more they don't, they don't want to go in as deep as we do it's like they're happy to stick with some of the more ip based things though I think we did get them to play downforce on the last we did, yeah. Last and time uh, you, you took a particular fascination to Sky Joe as well, didn't you? Uh, that's just a brilliant little icebreaker game just for like the start of a game night. Mm. Yeah, I do like that one. It, it does look a little bit too much like Uno for my liking, but it doesn't play like Uno at no. all. So. But it's got that competitive nature to it, like I must win. So yeah, are they enjoying being part of a ta- well, part of the tabletop gaming revolution? Yeah, say? I mean, they've always sort of like really enjoyed coming over for your mm-hmm. game nights that bloody cupcake game that you subjected <laughs> us to yes cupcake yeah. academy yeah that 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 one was that, that, that one got some teeth grinding in the <laughs> car on the way home <laughs> I, I i was just i, I uh, did feel my ears burning a fair bit after <laughs> you guys left on that just, i was wondering what was uh what was being said oh uh, you you broke that one out after we'd all had like really hard days that one requires you to be awake and concentrating <laughs> I think they'd really like pugs and mugs as well. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, Cupcake Academy, it says uh, eight plus on the box. And, yeah, we uh, struggled. Yeah, you guys <laughs> struggled quite badly on that. Over 25 years experience on top of that recommended age, James. Yeah. Granted, I didn't play, so I, I have every right to be saying all these things. I was just sitting back being my sadistic self laughing. Yes, you were. You knew exactly. <laughs> you know, the minute we all said, oh, yeah, we're all getting pretty tired, you knew what you were doing when you broke oh, that yes. game out. Oh, I did indeed. <laughs> I, I expect some uh, comeuppance at some point in the future. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm glad that they've been enjoying the games obviously for people out there they will hear from tina at some point because um she is a one of the hosts on the Rainbowcast media podcast yes, which indeed. we are intending on having on as guests at some point in the very very near future as i said well must have been a couple of weeks ago on our year anniversary uh, there was a, f- a few name drops on there which i said i wanted to get on the podcast as as guests so there it's in the book they're ready to come on we just need to find the time and with the world finally touch wood reopening properly it's weird actually as gamers we've always been perceived as hermits yet for the past year everyone has been a hermit yep it's it's strange that so yeah oh well (laughs) yeah now that we're allowed to meet up again i think it's going to make getting everyone in the same room a lot easier and thus making the recording of the podcast 
much, yeah. much easier. Definitely. Anything else you want to talk about today? Any questions you've got for me? No? Good. No, all joking aside, have you got anything you want to ask me? No. I was thinking, James, after all these years of knowing me, you'd have some pressing questions for me. Uh, there was a why are you question, but I don't think the rest of it can be said <laughs> on a family-friendly show. <laughs> Oh, the last and jokes we have. I will slap him once we finish this. <laughs> oh, I don't have a slap effect, so I'll have to do it properly. Yeah, I'm going to get relegated to the shed with Paul. <laughs> I think we might be hearing a new newsman. So. <laughs> but yeah, thank you very much for coming back on and sharing a little bit about your history. Um, I will probably try and get you on a bit more going forward because I do feel that it's quite an interesting journey um, to talk about because you are essentially someone who is transitioning over into trying everything there is with regards to tabletop gaming i am going to get you to play so many board games because you are you you and i have missed out for many many years and i may be a little bit ahead of you uh, but i'm going to catch you up we've got a game sat next to us right now which we were talking about before going live today yes indeed which uh, I have to thank one of my good friends for introducing me to, which was Inish. So yeah, big shout out to Wayne, introducing me into it and forcing me to buy yet another game. Uh, but yeah, Celtic mythology style war game. Really looking forward to playing that. Interesting. And I think James might enjoy that as well. So yes, we'll, we'll, we will see about that in the future. But, but anyway, I think we should hand over to Paul and see if Brian has actually uh, released him from his bonds yes to uh to bring us this week's news what do you think yeah definitely it's uh, a bit a bit quiet over there <laughs> <laughs> indeed thank you once again james for coming on not a problem dude thanks for say having goodbye me any anything you want to say to my lovely listeners then please do uh yeah get gaming awesome new catchphrase <laughs> <laughs> over to you paul oh come on i thought you said you could untie these knots Look, I said you could tie me up when you captured me last week as Darkish Duck. Unbeknownst to me, I'd still be sat here a week later. What do you mean they didn't show you how to untie these knots? YouTube? So you learn all this from YouTube? Well, yeah, I suppose most people learn stuff off YouTube nowadays. Yeah, don't think your safety scissors are gonna cut it, chap, pardon the pun. Look, go get some help, or look harder on the internet on how to undo this whatever you called it not. In the meantime, start my new script scrolling, so at least I can get that done. Thank you. Since its licensed debut in 2014 from US publisher Pandasaurus Games, Masawa Sagunama's game Machikuro has been continuing success story across the globe, and continues to do so as it plays a large part, certainly at our groups, of introducing many a player into the hobby. Now, as a shock to a lot of people, Pandasaurus and Suganuma have partnered again for Machikoro 2, a standalone game that features much of the same gameplay as the original design, roll dice, earn money, buy some building cards and acquire some landmarks, but with more variety in terms of how each game plays out. Specifically, building cards are now separated into three decks. You've got the 1-6 deck, a 7-12 deck and a separate landmarks deck, and for each deck you flip cards into the centre of the table until five different cards are revealed, with duplicates being stacked 
to top one another. And when a slot opens up in the row after someone buys the last card of a stack, then you flip another card from that deck. Stacking duplicates again until you again have five different cards available. The game starts with three initial building rounds in which you spend coins to choose the first buildings in your town. Landmarks each have a unique effect and can be built in any order, with the cost of a landmark varying depending on whether it's the first, second or third that you build. Machikoro 2 is for 2-5 to five players and is going to hit retail in early October for about $30 or £25-ish. The UK government is set to drop most of its coronavirus regulations from July 19th, despite warnings that COVID-19 cases could hit 50,000 a day in the coming weeks. With that, UKGE has announced that it will not enforce any COVID-19 health and safety requirements when it returns to Birmingham's NEC later this month. The board game event is set to return with an in-person convention following last year's cancellation due to the pandemic. It was replaced last year by a digital event, Virtually Expo. UK Games Expo's latest COVID-19 rules, updated on the July 6th, appear to drop any mandatory safety requirements for visitors and exhibitors attending the show from the July 30th to August 1st. The revised guidelines state, UK GE will not enforce any requirements that are not legally required, as we do not believe that this will be practical on the day. It also added, we do not require face masks, but recommend you bring one as many fine times during the day where you decide it is sensible to wear one. Tables available for open gaming, where visitors can play purchased games at the show, will have additional spacing to allow some social distancing when sat down. No comment was made regarding additional spacing on demo tables at exhibitors' booths. Aisles between booths will be 4 metres wide, and hand sanitizer dispensers will be available in the venue. The venue already has hospital-grade air filters in place. There will also be no limit on the number of attendees permitted at the show or any other entry restriction, including the need for a negative COVID test. The UK Games Expo website states we would request that if possible you do do a lateral flow test before coming to the venue, before adding, we have no way of checking this test but please perform the test for your own peace of mind and to safeguard everyone else. The announcement has garnered varying reactions from the wider gaming community, with some welcoming it, while others feel it a little lacklustre seeing as the daily increase in COVID-19 cases is on the rise. This includes some big name publishers choosing not to attend as a result of safety concerns. Among the publishers announcing they will not be attending include Bright Eye Games, Hub Games and PSC Games, and even some of the show's sponsors, namely Wayland Games and Big Potato Games, will also be absent. That being said, US board game convention Gen Con 2021 will be going ahead but require unvaccinated visitors to wear a mask when its physical event returns in September, with those showing proof of COVID-19 vaccination able to optionally attend without a face covering. Gen Con's organisers previously announced plans for the Indianapolis event following its cancellation last summer. It was replaced by an online event, Gen Con Digital, which will run alongside the physical show this September from the 16th to the 19th, having been delayed from its usual August date. The online and in-person events will be complemented by game demos held at local game stores as part of a new pop-up Gen Con initiative. Partner stores will need to abide by Gen Con's health and safety guidelines to participate. 
It also announced that it would cap the number of daily visitors permitted to the Indiana Convention Center, as well as maintaining rules around social distancing, the need to wear face masks, and vaccination requirements. Organizers described the show as running in a modified format as a result of the health and safety measures. Not to be left out is this year's Eschen Spiel, who will restrict entry to visitors who show proof of immunization or a negative test result, as well as enforcing mandatory face masks throughout the German board game convention. The Eschen Spiel organizer confirmed the health and safety measures provided to exhibitors ahead of the event held in the Messe Essen Exhibition Center from October the 14th to the 17th. The event marks the first physical event for the show since 2019 and replaced by Spiel Digital in 2020. Among the requirements in place is the need for visitors and exhibitors to show valid proof of immunization against COVID-19 to be granted entry to the show. Immunization was defined as a full EU licensed vaccination at least 15 days prior. Proof of a COVID-19 infection within the last six months confirmed via a PCR test or a PCR-confirmed COVID-19 infection more than six months ago in combination with a single vaccine dose. The event will permit entry to visitors and exhibitors who present a negative test taken within the last 48 hours. The show will also offer the chance for visitors to be tested in the nearby test center before entry. The requirements align with the German's Coronavirus Protection Ordinance of North Rhine-Westphalia, the German state that includes Essen. Those granted permission to the event will be given a rest band and can freely leave and enter the show subject to a visual check, the organizers added. All visitors and exhibitors will be required to wear medical grade protective face masks with those who remove their mask once inside liable to be removed from the event with staff on the show floor enforcing the requirement. Unmatched, a series of board games that pit pop culture icons against one another in a fight to the death is getting a digital version. Unmatched is a skirmish game series that has players battling against one another as famous figures throughout fiction and history. Each character has their own special ability, ally and allies and a deck of cards that can used to fend off their opponent's attacks and return fire with. Players will be able to move their character around the board, getting into close range with their enemies or move away to get a long range shot in. Whoever is the last character left alive on the board is named the winner of the game. The digital board game will be based on the original tabletop series that sees players taking control of famous figures with the aim of securing victory over their opponents. The email announcement for Unmatched Digital mentions the likes of King Arthur, Medusa, Alice from the classic children's book and Sinbad the Sailor, whilst not mentioning any of the characters found in any of the series expansions, alongside artwork from the Unmatched Battle of Legends Volume 1. Unmatched Digital Edition will include online multiplayer, thereby enabling players to challenge their friends to a game, regardless of location alongside three separate difficulty levels of AI in a solo game mode. Players will be able to experience the game in both synchronous and asynchronous modes, meaning that games can happen within a set time limit or can be paused and returned to as and when the players have a chance, and will be playable on iOS, Android, Windows, Mac, and also the Nintendo Switch. The studio behind Unmatched Digital Edition is Akram Digital, the developer and publisher responsible for video game versions of tabletop titles such as legacy board game Charterstone, 8-Minute Empire, and Concordia. The original Unmatched Battle of Legends Volume 1 was co-created by Rob Daviau 
and Justin D. Jacobson, who have previously worked together on board games such as the racing title Downforce. The Unmatched series is co-published by Mondo Games and Restoration Games, the studio responsible for launching remakes of classic tabletop titles such as Fireball Island and Dark Tower. The announcement of Unmatched Digital follows the reveal of the complete lineup for the upcoming Unmatched Battle of Legends Volume 2. Alongside the previously announced Princess Yenanga, Volume 2 will feature Achilles, Sun Wukong and Bloody Mary. Unmatched Battle of Legends Volume 2 is set to be released sometime this year, with Unmatched Digital Edition scheduled to be released in December, with a retail price yet to be confirmed. And we're heading on over to Kickstarter, and all three of these need your backing in order to make their projects fulfil. The first up we have is Ice Flows and Foes by Martin Luge. It's for 2 to 6 players, it takes 15 to 30 minutes to play, and is playable by 6 years and older, and it ends on Thursday, July 29th. In Ice Flows and Foes, 2 to 6 players will try and save the seals and whales from the fishing boats and hunters slide ice flows onto the board, aiming to get the fishing boats and hunters to fall off the board on the other side. Be careful not to push the seals and whales off the board though, because ice flow movement is unpredictable. Adults and children have an equal chance to win, making it fun for the entire family. The rules are very simple, but the movement of the ice flows is, as we said, unpredictable. On your turn, you push three ice flows onto the board, one at a time. You have to push it in a straight line towards the center until 100% of the ice flow is on the board. If any fishing boats and or hunters fall off, you keep them as a trophy. Collect 5 to win. Pushing animals off the board will end your turn prematurely, so be careful. You can pledge at £17 for the base game or £42 for the deluxe edition, which includes acrylic ice flows, fishing boats and whales as well as the carded versions found in the base set. And next up on crowdfunding is Potion Panic by Rocket House Games. It's for two to four players, takes 20 to 30 minutes to play. It's for ages 14 and over, and it ends on Friday, 30th of July. Potion Panic or Potion Panic Concoction Crafting for the Chaotically Inclined is an easy to learn recipe building card game where two to four players use advanced alchemaic aptitude to create curious concoctions such as hoochie matcha, banana rama or even some love potion number eight and a half. With 13 powerful potion cards, each with a unique shape, colour and ability, as well as over 40 unique concoction recipe cards, Potion Panic is sure to produce a plethora of positively pleasant impressions, popular with all types of people. It's an all-out brawl as players race to become the best concoction crafter and earn the hoity-toity title of Alchemist a la mode. At the start of the game, players are dealt three potion cards, a private recipe card that only they can craft, and a player reference card. Also available are three public recipe cards that can be crafted by anyone at the table. Players will prep, smash and brew various potion cards in order to gain precious crystal shards used to synthesize the fabled Philosopher's Stone. In Potion Panic, there's no standard discard pile for the potion cards. Instead, there are three potion stacks that players will add cards to and take cards from, thus keeping the game exciting as powerful potion cards could easily and quickly come back into play. 
At its core, Potion Panic is a fun and easy to learn recipe building card game with some of that classic take that flavour that keeps the game exciting and competitive. A £3 pledge gets you access to a print and play copy of the game once the campaign ends, or for £15 you get a physical copy of the game with all unlocked stretch goals and access to the print and play. And lastly on crowdfunding is Volfirian Guilds by Tabula Games. It's for one to two players or up to four with two decks. It takes 20 to 40 minutes to play, it's for 14 years and over and it ends on Friday, August the 6th. After the fall of Rorius House, the king of Mysthia, in order to contain the power of the Valaris House, created a system of five guilds and assigned a specific role to each of them. Now, the guilds are fighting for the top step of the political scene. Forfirian Guilds is a competitive, fast-paced deck-building card game for one to four players. The events of Volfirian Guilds take place immediately after the events of Volfirian. The story revolves around five major guilds created by the King of Mysthia in order to stop the rise of the Valaris House. Each player represents a guild and will fight for supremacy until the very end. The winning condition is destroying all three of your opponent's cities. Attack with your troops, focus on deck thinning, trigger powerful combos and enthrall the dragon Volfirian to annihilate your opponent's cities. The game retains all the features and mechanics from its predecessor, indeed it's a competitive and fast paced deck building game for 2-4 players, at the same time however it adds more depth to the gameplay thanks to 110 new cards including new card types, abilities and mechanics. In addition, the game has renewed the solo mode. Now you can fight against Mathia world epic creatures, each of which has its own features and rules. Volfirian guilds can be played as a standalone game or combined with the classic Volfirion as this amplifies the alternatives for players. Right, we've got a long list of pledge levels, so £12 gets you the retail edition of the game, suitable for two players, £21 gets you the Kickstarter edition of the game, featuring Kickstarter exclusive cards and any applicable stretch goals. £40 gets you the Tylaris Pledge, which includes all the items from the lower tiers, plus two playmats, additional expansion, universal box and some card separators. The Ilvash Pledge at 47 includes all of the Talaris Pledge with the addition of the original Volfirian game. Lastly, the Kyradar Awakening Pledge at £59 has everything from the Ilvash Pledge with the inclusion of the 120mm Volfirian Dragon miniature which can also be included with any other pledge level as a £15 add-on. And we're heading on over to events, and we've got something special. We're going to go straight into local events. That's right, with the restrictions being lifted on the 19th, Crawley Gaming Club returns to a whole year you. Well, Tilgate Community Centre, Shackleton Road, Crawley, with RH10, 5DF for your Pratt Navs. The night starts at 7pm through to 11pm, and at just £3 ahead with a tuck shop on site, Jason is going to be there and he's going to be welcoming you across that threshold. Dave and Lewis Board Game Club are all over at Trinity Game Cafe in Lewis on Thursday evenings running from 7.30 till 11.30. And again, £3 ahead, tuck shop on site. Head on over to socials to book yourself a space. And check back with us or keep an eye on the socials for any last minute changes to either of those events and including announcements of the return of game days from me at Mid-Sussex Meeples and indeed from a few of the other local gaming groups. 
Right, you sorted it, have you? So, what exactly do you need to do? What do you mean, just pull that bit? Is that it? That easy? Sorry, you knew that all along. You better say goodbye to everyone whilst you still can, you little bugger. And it's a goodbye from me. Look after yourselves, meeples. Stay safe. Keep those dice rolling. Card shuffling. And we'll be here for you next week. Right, back to Jason and James. Brian, you better start running. Thank you very much for that, Paul. And again, thank you very much to James for joining me today. And thank you guys for joining us in hearing a little bit about one of my best friends if not my you know he is my best friend basically you know a bit about his gaming past and how he's sort of transitioning over into trying all different types of tabletop gaming if you have enjoyed hearing his story and would like to hear a little bit more going forward um let us know on the you know the social media things you know the links to those are all in the podcast description uh, as well as the link to our discord server you can find me on there pretty much every single day but short of that, guys, thank you very much for joining us. I have been Jason. James sends his thanks. And we will see you next week for another Tabletop Gaming Podcast. Game safe. Ta-ta. Bye-bye.